We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 NFL Divisional Round. Picks, preview, bets, free money, teasers, or whatever Cust has got cooked up, plus a Cust Corner Mini at the halfway point. Remember to smash the like button for the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or both. If you have both, might as well do it on both. Am I right, people? Absolutely, Pat. You are absolutely correct. When it comes down to that, thank you for your support on all this. Sub to the newsletter and runthesims.com has a huge deal going on right now. If you get it today through the Super Bowl, it's $69, which is pretty nice to begin with. But if you use promo code MAYO, you get 50% off, $34.50 through the Super Bowl. Every single game, every simulation, every player prop, DFS, any site, doesn't matter. It has all of the tools that are completely customizable to help you get out ahead of everything. If you like Fantasy National, on the golf side, you'll love Run the Sims. On the football side, where there's only really showdown and two game slates really left, uh, probably a pretty good tool to use at your disposal if you're still looking to win money on DraftKings or wherever for the rest of the year. Let's bring him in right now. Jeff, if I told you that you were running neck and neck with Cust for most insane at the Custy Awards, what would you say? People are ridiculous, but whatever. It sounds like that bums you out a little bit. Now, I may no, or may not just, know what what's I, going I mean, on with I don't the results know. right now. What I would say is it, it seems you're going to vote on, like, all these categories and then determine that that <laughs> I am worthy. Okay. Whatever. Well, Je- Jeff's biggest rival, I believe, is the category right above most insane. So maybe that is what's drawing people in, that they're reading. The last thing that they read is about you. They're like, oh, Jeff, yeah, I hate Darren Rovell. I feel like I'm misrepresented in that category. Man, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, I don't feel like the the 
there there's accuracy in the descriptions but whatever people can choose their own adventure and yeah i don't know i don't know who's gonna win the darren rovell memorial award as my biggest nemesis lifetime achievement well well, we've gotten to that point with some of the custies that there are historic awards right now to weight some of the previous winners against each other eventually we'll have such a huge database of jeff's rivals that we'll eventually have to pit them all against each other in an upcoming year but let's bring in the man of the hour you can vote in the custies one time now that we've got all the bots out of the system although there's still more trying to do it you can do that down in the description completely free but the the front runner right now or is he is tim andacust tim andacust that's uh not my name look i don't know the exact vote total as of right now but uh my ears to the ground suggest that it's close vote and that every vote is going to matter and this is not a runaway as in years past and so i just encourage the people who Obviously, you can appreciate from the campaign that we are running that Jeff is the most insane. I mean, Jeff, the fact that Jeff can't even be bothered to marshal a campaign against it is him essentially conceding the point. Uh, like Darth Vader said to Luke, you know, because my you campaign is centered center? around not ca- <laughs> uh, the person campaigning not to, not to be most insane should be the most insane person. Well, Look, you know, people are old fashioned. They like you asking for their vote. And I'm asking them for their vote to vote Jeff. And uh, this is even if, look, we want to win. Our team is working hard. We're doing our best to try to, to get people to vote for who is the truly the most insane, which is Jeff. Remember when he fought with that person about those card sleeves, people? That's something <laughs> only the same person would do. Now, I'm just saying, I encourage you to vote for Jeff. But in the end, if the vote doesn't go our way, I'll accept it. And uh, we, we will fight on. Uh, we'll fight on. Yeah, of course, time. you'll accept it. You've got some bot farm doing your votes. Well, not only that, but we, as we learned, if you did, you notice at one point earlier this week, Jeff, that Tim's Twitter account went private. <laughs> what? No, I didn't. Well, like we went la- last week when we talked about Tim buying votes in the custies and farming everything out. What happened to you early earlier on this week, Tim? Out of nowhere, I was getting hundreds of followers a day that were all bots, and I couldn't stop them. And I kept well, trying that's to. That's what happens when, you, when purchase- you like sign up for one porn site. You get advertisements for eight hundred porn sites. I you signed nothing- up for a bot farm. You signed up it. for a bot farm. I did, and it. then they came after you. I had no affiliation whatsoever with any of those things, and so I didn't know where the bots were coming. Thought maybe I had been hacked, and then I thought to myself. What if I just put the brakes on this, lock my account for like an hour so they can't follow me and then unlock it and that works perfectly. So that's word to the wise. If you're ever being followed by a bunch of bots and you want it to stop, just lock your account briefly and unlock it and you'll be fine. Or I would like the records of that hour sent to Rob who's running, you know, the voting system. I think there's like 3000 votes in the custody so far, which is kind of crazy. That's great. Look, I want as many people to get out to the polls and cast their ballot. And when they do, remember the guy who screamed at a minimum wage employee at a Harvey's because he didn't want to wear a mask because he was too important. Vote you- Jeff. <laughs> I didn't scream at anybody. I didn't well, scream at you know anybody. What? There's a lot of ways people remember the story. I remember it as you screaming it. And if you agree with me, you should vote Jeff. 
Let's talk about last week's picks. I was really hoping the Cardinals would come through for me on Monday night. They did not. Uh, so my perfect, really? my perfect week went down the tubes. I went five and one against the spread to kick off wild card, super wild card weekend. Jeff was three and three. The coin was two and four. Tim, you broke the curse. You went four and two last week. Your first ever winning week in eight years of doing this show on wild card weekend. And that was after losing the first two games. I know, especially losing the first game, which I shouldn't have lost, and then losing the second game that I totally should have lost. I'm like, oh my god, it's happening again. Okay, hold on. But I I, I, I want to stop you of that you shouldn't have lost, because there's, there's different scenarios that play out from what happened in the Bengals game. Because the right ruling was play the down over. I mean, they still could have scored a touchdown on the next play. They would have at least had a field goal. Well, no, not even just that. Just the Raiders were clearly the better team and didn't play the game right. They didn't take advantage of all the Bengals' weaknesses that they had advantages over. They didn't run the ball enough. Oh, so on, so the, what you're saying is on paper that you won. Before the game no, started, just, everything that you know. had assessed, been like, well, here's what they should have done, and they didn't do it. Of course they should have won. Yes, yeah, so once you started watching the game, you're like, oh, my goodness, the Raiders should crush them. What are they doing? And they just kept, like, playing with one arm tied behind their back, which is why – you know, t- Tennessee is going to roll them this week because Tennessee only has one card to play. Uh, we'll get to that game when we get to it. Anyway, but also when it comes to that blown call, like, yeah, the down should have been replayed, but it was still a blown call, and it still cost them what is likely probably cost them four points. Well, you can't. Hold, hold on, hold on. We, we, but we don't know that, though. It was a blown call because the whistle blew too early. Therefore, the play should have been nullified. But also, the whistle shouldn't have fucking been blown in the first place. Well, no, of course it was. So, so it's a blown game. call on both sides. Why? In what way did it? If, uh, in which way did it hurt the Bengals in any way, shape, or? Form? Well, if the if the whistle wasn't blown, they would just have a touchdown. There would be no controversy. All right, but at least the fact of the matter was that the whistle was blown, and therefore you've got to side with the actual facts on the ground. Not what you wish would have happened, which is that you wish that. It well, what do you mean? We, we we saw it happen. It had no effect on the play. That's not true. As many of us were saying at the time. Yeah, man, man, many of the people who picked the Raiders are saying that. I'm saying that once the whistle blows, the play has to stop. You're always taught to play to the whistle. If now the if you're now going to say, well, you know, I guess that's only really a metaphor. Like that's really doing quite a bit of violence to the way we understand sports. You either play to the whistle or you don't. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, obviously the ref was dumb to blow his whistle inadvertently, but he did, and the rules require what the rules require, and that was that's a terrible blunder. It could have very well changed sure, the whole sure. Ter- the season. It's a terrible blunder by an officiating crew that made like seven stupid calls in the game that weren't correct. Yeah. What do you expect? Well, I expect that the calls at least be made according to the rule book. I expect the rule book to be followed. If this were baseball. The game would be played under protest, and the protest would have been upheld. And they oh, would yeah, have and, and you can see how well uh, baseball's doing these days, pal. I'm just saying. <laughs> that people people really sports. care. <laughs> just yeah, saying. I, I, there's no part of me that, like, I can't defend the refs. They're getting worse. They're getting worse. It's like, gone are the days where refs were average. They're, like, well below average now, and it's annoying. And while I don't think that really had much of an impact on the play, Per se, it was a, just a horrible game all day. And I, I swear to you, a decade ago, Pozzola would see the ref sheet and tell me, like, I don't want to bet Jerome Booger game. He put it so, out. He put know. it out on Twitter after he had made the bet. He's like, I would not have bet this game had I have known this. Yeah, and I don't know how this guy keeps getting playoff assignments. And 
whatever. It, it's just in, embarrassing. That was probably it was a bad weekend of refing, but that game was probably the worst, the worst, because I don't blame. I think Dallas fans are out out to lunch on on blaming the ref for the end of that game. Me no, too. The call that's on that. A couple of the oh yeah, that is a couple of the holding calls on defense that were called against them on that previous drive were not not penalties you can ever call. Well, and a couple of the shots. Well, the the Randy anyway. the Randy Gregory one was a very obvious hold. They never ever call defensive holding in those sorts of spots. Well, just, well when like, you blatantly hold someone, then they're going to call it. Like, I don't know. But, I, I mean, I don't blame the referees for Dallas losing. I blame Dallas for Dallas losing. They got what they deserved. Uh, 49ers did not play – were not impressive. And if they play like that next week, they're going to lose by 50 points. And Dallas was unimpressive. And, like, that was a close game, but that was not a good game. It was a bad football game. It was, not it was a fun. bad weekend of football. It wasn't a single good game in the mix. Like the oh, Raiders thing. Did, highly, yes. highly disagree. Saturday night was a good game, friends. Oh, that was a delightful game. I wish they they should have to show that on the John Hancock Center uh, on a constant loop to remind Boston sports fans of it every day. That's what I think. Why? Because it was so amazing. So they could be reminded all the time of that game. They lost uh, the game. They just lose the game. I, I, in fact, I reject the term lose to describe that game. That's too gentle. They were obliterated, humiliated. Thank, I thank God the Buffalo Bills did what they had to do. Now, I certainly hope Buffalo gets crushed this week, but they did the job they needed to do this week. Thank you, Buffalo. I, I, that, there have been like four or five moments in my entire football-watching life that made me happier than that moment. That was a top five fo- football-watching moment in my life, was watching Belichick squirm on the sidelines knowing that he's being humiliated on national television against an AFC team. It, that really so speaks like, to your fandom, by the way, yeah. that two, team, two teams that don't involve a team that you root for, that you have nothing but to root against other people. You see how sad yeah, but, that is, right? Yeah, but this team has tormented me my whole life. So to see Goliath get slain, I'm sorry, makes me happy. I still say the season was... Uh unequivocal success yeah. for the Patriots of course well I mean I guess I as someone be- like I never thought they could win the Super Bowl they had that middle run where it's like what the hell's going on here things just seem strange someone- they never seem to have like the the ceiling talent or Tom Brady despite thinking they have a mini me to win the Super Bowl so them losing in the first round doesn't surprise me maybe the style in which they lost surprised me a little despite being on Buffalo, but all in all, I think Patriots fans and the Patriots need to be quite thrilled is probably an over-exaggeration, but of all the teams that won't be winning or going to the Super Bowl, I think the Patriots are on the short list of teams that had the best season after those two. Well, but this is a question of perspective, right? If you, after they win that weather game against the bills, December 7th, and they're nine and four, and they have the inside track for the one seed. If you were to tell the Patriots front office and coaching staff and team and fans that their fate was to be absolutely beaten to, uh, to a pulp by 30 points on a wild card weekend on the road, would you consider this to have been a successful season? I don't know. Like, I, I, even, I even think about we, t- we talk to one of our friends is about as big of a Patriots fan, like a delusional Patriots fan as that you could talk to. And even he said it was a really successful year. He's, he's like, I'm not happy with how it ended. But if you had told me that this is where we would get to at the beginning of the year, I would say it was pretty successful. 
Oh, at the beginning of the year, sure. But by the middle of the year, the, the expectations change. And no, so but, the they, results but they didn't really, because the Patriots hadn't beat really? anyone. And everyone kind of recognized that. When they were nine and four and were the one seed in the AFC, you really don't think that perspectives change in a significant way? Not, not really, because we, we came onto this show. We came onto this show, and Jeff and I were talking about, like, hey, now is actually a really good time to bet the Bills to win the division. Because if they win the second game against the Patriots, it's still going to be in their hands. And we went and looked at the odds. It was like plus 110 Bills to win the division. Like, no one was really thinking that the Patriots were going to steamroll this. Like, and I get it from Tim's angle, like from that very neat, like fandom angle, you have the one seed, a one seed that really who didn't have the one seed at some point in the AFC this year. No, I was going to say post week five, it felt like lots of teams had the one seed, including teams that didn't even make the playoffs. Womp womp. (laughs) Um, So it was just this rotating thing. And yeah, the expectations maybe change for the fans a bit, but so I think, you know, they sort of. I don't know. I think it was a very successful season for the Patriots. Sure, you know what? Was it I an ultra embarrassing way for it to finish? That's un- undeniable, undeniable. And I enjoyed it as well as someone that backed the Bills and like seeing different faces come around deep into the playoffs. So I, you've convinced me. I've changed my mind. Every single time the New England Patriots lose by 30 in the playoffs, I'm going to count it a successful season, too. No, now you're no, because if this happens again next Let's fast forward here. The Jets make the playoffs, Tim, because you've already predicted them to go 12 and 5. They get absolutely smoked in the first round. I've already bought my AFC wild card season success gear. It's going to be your spin on the entire thing. No. I mean, if there are roads. Yeah, absolutely. If they're a road team in the playoffs and they lose badly next year, yes, then I would feel that way because they have a rookie QB, a team that's never been to the – has no infrastructure. Oh, really? So the, no, the, the team with the rookie QB that's rebuilding that did that this year, they're unsuccessful. The but if Patriots your team does it with a non-rookie no. QB next year, it is very successful. Your words. That's, again, a very unfair characterization. Is, no, Jeff, is that unfair or is that exactly what he said? No, I think it's very close to what he said. And I get it. Like, Bills fans, football fans, like, you can enjoy the Patriots Most losing the Patriots that game on, on and getting embarrassed. But I don't think – I think it's it's disingen- I think it's disingenuous to not acknowledge that it was a really good season for the Patriots. It was a fine season. But was – I mean, I hope we live in a world – where success for the Patriots constitutes being obliterated in the wild card round. I, I hope we do live in that world. I'm saying to you, I don't think that they think it's successful. Uh, and I sure hope that this type of humiliation is what counts as success for the Patriots. I, I'm here for that. You'll, I want that. You, you, like, yeah, I'll mean, tell you this. The Patriots and Bill Belichick if, will watch every snap and every play this year. And he will be very frustrated watching every single loss that yeah, they Yeah, well, had. most of this roster not made the just that one years ago. And some of them were around three years ago when they won the Super Bowl. So it's not like this is a completely, totally rebuilt roster. This loss, you're yeah, telling like, this loss is worse than like Brady's last game walk-off pick six to the Titans? No, I don't think so. No, so not exactly. A- this loss can just get in line is okay. my point, kind of. Okay, but there's a chasm between saying that and saying what a very successful year this was to get the it was humiliated on national television. I don't know. Listen, it didn't end great. It didn't end great. But as someone that never saw them as a team that would represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, I think they got 
as much out of the season as they possibly could have. Maybe they had one more week in them. Okay. You'd just be so thrilled if the Jets made the playoffs, too. They don't even have sure, the chance. They don't, they don't even have the chance to get embarrassed like this. Very few people on this it's team okay. who's ever have ever played in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, I can it's an important experience. Listen, the rookie quarterbacks did not fare well. A rookie playoff quarterbacks did not fare well at all. Even Burrow in the win, he was going up against another rookie quarterback in the playoffs. So that kind of offsets. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those weird situations where like some of these teams and fans now have like bad taste in their mouths. But I think that's totally ridiculous. New England, Philadelphia, uh, I can name a couple of them. I think it's totally unfair in some respects, although they probably deserve more criticism. Even Kyler Murray's allowed to, you know, be horrible in his first playoff game. That's my opinion. I can't tell. I mean, listen, I'm not a, an expert quarterback evaluator by any means. I know that shocks some people, but the entire Jalen Hurts situation, it, it's kind of it's fair and unfair to him because he played like absolute trash and I was getting surgery on his ankle, the ankle injury that kept him out in that was the Jets game when Minshew was <laughs> playing. And I think he knew, like, I got to come back now or I might not have this job for much longer. So we ended up playing through that. I don't know how, maybe that's an excuse. Maybe that really did impact him. I don't know. But the Eagles weren't supposed to be very good this year and they were the classic team of they beat who they were supposed to beat and lost who they were supposed to lose to. But I feel like they wildly overachieved. And because of that, everyone just now hates Jalen Hurts because he was so terrible in that playoff game. I thought it was actually kind of reminiscent of when the Ravens played the Chargers in Lamar's first year. And Lamar was just trash in the first round. Great of the example. And then he came back the next year and he was good. Won the MVP. Clearly exactly. used the offseason, used the confidence of how the season went. And yeah, I hadn't thought about that at all, Pat, but that's, I think, a very fair comment. Even look at, I don't know, Allen, you know, had some really embarrassing playoff moments. You know, we can still laugh at the backwards <laughs> side pass. I think it was versus Houston. It was. It was. Um, it was. What a great game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tim relishes all the postseason loss. Well, I get it. When you're, listen, the Chargers, they don't finish above third place. Like, that's goddamn embarrassing um so i i relish in some division teams losing playoff games also so i can't really besmirch him too much for that but yeah i thought a lot of the quarterbacks took a lot of unfair criticism but the games were boring and there's three hour three and a half hours to use twitter i don't so. think the criticism of kyler murray is unfair he, he, no, he deserves it the most because I think poorly for two months, basically. Like, well, I mean, he, 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 he played poorly like, after he came back from the shoulder that kept him out for four weeks. Like maybe that did have something to do with it. And he lost the years in a row now, like that the Cardinals under his leadership have not been able to stick the landing and he gets to the playoffs. He plays indoors against a divisional opponent and he doesn't just look bad. He looks horrifically bad. Like, he was the first overall pick in the draft, and then they brought in the coach to help him, and he couldn't have looked worse. And so if you if anybody deserves, I think, the criticism the most, it's definitely him. Yes, and mainly because something that I believe in, and I think it's a common thing for football fans, all these quarterbacks, except Derek Carr, which is its own caveat and exception of maybe a team, you know, you could do whatever. That's my fault you watch Derek Carr play. Um. <laughs> All of these quarterbacks are in their first or second year. When we fully acknowledge, when you're in year three, 
like there are certain expectations that you have to carry. And when you don't meet them, um, I think you deserve to be criticized more than the other guys uh, in that situation. Year three quarterback, former first overall. You don't get the total mulligan that some of these other quarterbacks that I feel deserve. So I do agree Especially totally with the divisional opponent who you know quite well. This is not some random NFC team you haven't played all year. You know the, the Rams, and you still play like this, I tell you. It was just it, it, if I were a Cardinals fan, I would I would be discouraged from what I saw the last the last two years, really, in a lot of ways. Like this team seems like it has a ceiling. I don't know about funny that. Is I co- mean, their, their ceiling is very much tied to the direct health of Kyler Murray. It's two years in a row he got hurt coming down the stretch as well. And in the games, I mean, maybe it's that he does fade throughout the course of the year. Teams pick up on what he's doing. But in the first half of last year, in the first half of this year, when he hadn't sustained any injuries, he was amazing. <laughs> oh, look, he, he shows flashes of incredible brilliance. That's why he went first overall. I'm just saying. I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I am willing to give mulligans to a lot of people. I'm not willing to give him a mulligan. He hurts. I give him a mulligan too because I don't think hurts is good enough to be there. Like I don't think he should be playing the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles as a starter. Like they, that's a no-win situation. He yeah, also was a rookie hurt. quarterback with a rookie head coach playing Tom Brady. Well, he's not a rookie. He played last season, right? So um, he's, a, he's a second year. But fair, nevertheless, yep, yep. but nevertheless, like. I don't think he had much of a crack or much of a chance at being successful there. They don't really have many weapons. And the one weapon they have, he just doesn't throw to enough. I don't know. In some ways, I don't think Hertz is important enough to get distressed about. Uh, Murray's incredibly important. He he is somebody for whom you should be distressed. Look, if, if the Rams had lost, I would have been saying the exact same thing about Matt Stafford, who just won his first playoff game yesterday for whom had they lost and I said, Oh my goodness, that maybe he has to go soon too. Like there were some people you have to give longer leashes to a quarterback and shorter leashes to a quarterback. Mac Jones should get a long leash. He's a rookie. He's never played before. Right. Joe Burrow deserves a long leash. Uh, he had never played in the playoffs before and, and you know, really didn't play much at all last year because of his in- injury. Murray's his third year against a divisional opponent. And to play like that, my goodness, just, it was just awful. And eight coaches have gotten fired. And it, I mean, listen, I, part of it also, you watch some of those playoff games, you're like, some of these coaches suck also. Yeah. Kingsbury shouldn't have a job. McCarthy shouldn't have a job. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Sirianni's good at his job either. I would probably, I mean, they're not going to fire him because he made the playoffs, but like, he, I don't think he's very good at his job. Do we know if Sirianni's good at his job or not? I mean, he was able to coach up a team that wasn't supposed to be very good to make the playoffs. I mean, what what was the expectation of Philadelphia coming into the year? What was the overall win total? Like five and a half? I don't know, but I don't see him as a master. No, he, he's definitely, you can't say he's not good at his job. He just got those wins, um, you know, hit that win total to get them in the playoff. To Pat's point, they won the games they were supposed to win. They lost the games they were supposed to lose. To lose, I guess, to declare him good at his job, you would have liked to have seen, um, well, yeah, you know, some, like a marquee yeah, some, yeah, victory. Win, but whatever, that's I don't for a rookie. All head you coach, do is win the games you're supposed to win and not lose the games you're supposed to lose, and you finish nine and eight. Like anybody could do that. Oh yeah, anyone you could, couldn't you? No, no, but any any NFL coach could do that. Like, what there the three, nine, and eight teams in the AFC they? that didn't make the playoffs? What, like, I don't know. I mean, the nine and eight team didn't make the playoffs in the NFC. I'm just saying, like, if that's 
The Eagles did not have an impressive season. The Eagles are another proof positive for why playoff expansion was dumb. The last two years, it, we've had those four, two, seven games, three of the four have been God awful, terrible. Uh, because it's all about money, the NFL won't go back to six teams, but they should because they're, they've, they've injured the quality of their playoffs. And there's no one who can actually defend what they've done outside of it makes more money. I liked having the Monday night game. I, I, I could go back as long as they kept that Monday night game. I mean, sure, there's a compromise. Have a I Monday think, night game, go back to four playoff games. Great. Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the triple Saturday. I didn't mind it one bit. You wish the games were better quality, and I can't lie. I have to be selfish on the playoff factor. Is you know, I'm the guy that favorite team plays in the division with Patrick Mahomes, so I'm fully in favor of extra spots. And oh, my yeah, team sucks so much I couldn't so even make that it. I don't need that extra spot, right, Jeff? Like. My team is even worse. And I'm saying I You're want- projecting 12 and 5. You don't need the seven seed like us. Well, that's a, that's, uh, a, us that's, a fair, that's a fair rejoinder. I'll give you that. But anyway, no, six playoff teams was perfect. Seven just doesn't work. The two seeds are playing games they shouldn't have to play and losing a bye that they should have for games that aren't entertaining. So, like, what are we doing here? Well, here's the thing. There is a way to make these games entertaining, and Jeff and I partake in this. We just wager real money on these games, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God. Then it becomes, like, a real sweat, Jeff. Yeah, but you also got it. Like, I've gotten to the point where I have this threshold where I wager enough, but it's a point I can still laugh at myself sort of when the world crumbles because some people just have total meltdowns when their bets and refs are are losing and i avoid betting enough um for that although sometimes i do and i did on saturday night and it was kind of stress-free and fun but i do for the most part try to like keep it in a place where i know this league is stupid i know in-game variance is gonna get me and i don't want to be this guy yelling at the internet all night and I still do sometimes. Uh, yeah. What's the guy's name? Rich Bisaccia, the Vegas head coach? Yes. I think that he pulled the greatest PR move in history this week when he when he was caught, you know, on candid camera <laughs> writing handwritten notes to each of his players. It's going to get him another year. It's going to get him a shot somewhere else. No one, will re- no one will remember that he brought dragged this terrible Vegas team to the playoffs. They'll remember that thing. Maybe. I mean, it, it was sweet. I mean, I know you always like to think there's ulterior motives to everything, but sometimes it can just have been a good thing that somebody saw and that, oh, well, this would, and then this will also help to promote him as well. I, I don't know. I liked Rich. I, I think what he did with this team this year earned him one extra season as head coach. I, I would have given it, given it to him. You know, Rich yeah, Rich writes cons- handwritten notes, and then when Bruce Arians gets knocked out of the playoffs, every player has five minutes one-on-one with him, where Bruce Arians yells at them for five straight minutes. I like that method. That's the, yeah, that's the Brian Kelly method. <laughs> Your hero, Brian Kelly. Yeah, enjoy him, Louisiana State. I I like Bisaccia. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Raiders. They kind of embarrass themselves by people finding out that they were doing interviews for the GM job before officially (laughs) firing uh, Mayock, who I guess can return to mock drafting. Although like some of his draft picks were abhorrently bad. But but, but he had some, how many he make? He had some great free agent signings. Like the guys that he found off the scrap heap, really good. His draft picks really bad. Well, okay, but, but who's he drafting? We don't know who he drafted. Like, did Gruden draft those guys? Or well, he draft those oh, guys? I mean, yeah, now, I now you fair. can spin it that Gruden. I, I drafted uh, Colin Farrell. 
Casario because I watched no, but, Gruden. No, but I Gruden did have no final one. say. Gruden did have final say. I don't think that was ever debatable. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know how much I'm willing to credit or blame Mayock for any of his draft picks because I can't speak to just how. I mean, there were stories that the, that the Raiders had competing war rooms who were preparing for the draft. So I mean, I've no, I have no earthly idea how good or bad Mayock is because I don't think he had much of a job. But I would like to see Basaccia keep the job. They hire a GM. Maybe they're even later in the process where they're like, no, we'll give him a full year trial and. If it doesn't work, they're just sort of, you know, front of a line in some respects to do it again uh, next year. It'd be an awkward situation because so many of the key players on the team have have um, vocally supported Basaccia getting a chance at the job that it's almost weird to think like someone else is going to come in there. Yeah, well, the Browns players did that with uh, Mr. Frederick Kitchens at one point, too. So you can't really trust the players on this one. No, that is can't. true. But you don't want to lose your you don't want to lose the, the locker room either. It's a delicate dance. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Raiders get a new coach and Basachi is retained as an assistant as assistant head coach. And that'd be, that I, I, I don't I don't was think he you a special do teams that. coach. Yeah, he was yes, a special oh, teams coach. Of course we can. Chargers should hire him. Yeah, I, I I don't think that there's a scenario where he returns to the Raiders that isn't head coach. Like he's not taking a demotion yeah. at this point. Unless he like literally leaves the field and becomes like an like, yeah, some front office guy front office with a fancier title there's no demo guys don't do that that's just that's yeah. doesn't just he, he, might, he, he might be happen. an oc or a dc on another team i just doubt it would ever be the raiders okay fair enough i, I mean have you ever seen it happen to him i haven't but then again i haven't seen somebody be appointed as anonymously as he was to this position and then have the success that he had and be I don't know. I, I I would say he's the type of person that was simply acting as head coach, did a very good job, and will get and be made whole. It's like I said, and now an assistant head coach and get to coach the special teams again. And I could totally see how that would be fine. Unless his best friend in the world, who I don't know who it is, was the one who got named head coach. I'm saying if I were in his situation, I would I would definitely consider it. If I like the guy who's coming in as head coach, no, I, yeah, you, you know, but, not, but you're all, not but you're everybody already... has an ego. Yes, the they. Yes, they do. Yes, he's in, proven in, himself in, the, in this even... in this position. They do. They absolutely. Nah, there's no other. There's no position. other way to get the job unless you do. Well, he got the job literally by a confluence of very unusual circumstances. When there were he was also the one that was picked, and that was a staff he that like, he didn't. Gus have Bradley had been a coach on head coach on two teams, and they didn't pick him. And wasn't You're right. Isn't Cable guy there? I don't know, but he'd already been there. Heck, I think they picked him because they wanted somebody who was a Raider who would be a caretaker, and wanted to be a caretaker was okay with that role. Like not everybody has a as an ego the size of Mount Olympus, and so you may not want to do it. Maybe a lot of guys wouldn't want to do it, but I could totally see that happening with the right head coach. I guess the question is, let's just say hypothetically, they announced in the next 48 hours, he wasn't going to be back. Would you fully expect to see his name show up in multiple interviews for these other vacancies? No, no I don't. I don't. Either. So then what is he? Then he's why a, would he's, you? He's probably, an, he's probably, he's probably an OC or a DC, but he makes more money going somewhere else besides Vegas. You need to like at least use your leverage in that circumstance where it looks like you've been demoted in your own yeah. organization. At least if you move to a different organization or a better team, let's say Bienemy gets ahead. 
pure hypothetical, Bienemy or Dayball get head coaching jobs somewhere, he goes and is the the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's a better job. No, you're right, and he's got to take advantage of of his name value at this moment to get an elevated assistance position. And it's one of those stints, Pat. It's like you see a, a backup quarterback rally a team in the second half. And maybe he's not going to be a starter next year, but he literally just bought himself 25 years in the goddamn league. Yeah, but you he's, know, already, 20, he's already 61 years old. I, I don't know that he's thinking the same way that someone in their 40s or 50s is thinking. I think I can easily see the Raiders just giving him a huge salary bump, again, giving him a promotion inside the, the coaching staff and him returning to special teams. And that could be a very satisfying thing. That would be as rare as the situation that he's actually in right now that you you already ran through. There you go. Let's talk about games this week. We're going to kick off with the Saturday slate of games and probably the least interesting of the bunch is up first. Not to say that it's not interesting. Just these are pretty good games. Uh, the The Titans are favored by three and a half points at home against the Bengals. 47 is the over under the Bengals 11 and seven against the spread this year. The Titans just 10 and seven. And obviously the Bengals have played the extra game. My heart is telling me, pick Cincinnati in this game. My brain is saying, pick Tennessee. This is not nearly enough points. So I need to fight with myself on this. So, Tim, I will throw it to you because it sounds like you're most definitely picking the Titans. Yeah, we don't do super locks anymore, but the Titans would be the super lock this week. The spread is way too short. I don't understand betting the Bengals at this number. Cincinnati was not impressive last week at all. If you watch the game, and I'm sure everybody listening did, they'll they'll agree that Bengals sort of escaped that game. They they didn't look impressive. There are eight teams in this round of the playoffs, and the Titans have beaten seven or beaten four of the other seven conf, uh, teams in the divisional round. They have beaten the Bills, Chiefs, Rams, and 49ers. This Titans team is really really good and coming off a bye. The Bengals cannot stop the run. The Bengals have a very, even though I thought their line played much better last week than I anticipated, they still have real weaknesses on the offensive and defensive line. And the Titans have such strengths. They should be able with Henry back. And even if he doesn't play a whole lot, they have other running back talent. This is going to be a game like we've seen out of Tannehill before in the playoffs where he only has to throw 10 to 20 times, maybe less than that to win the ball game. Uh, the, the only way I think the Bengals can win this game is if they can find a way to force Tannehill to have to beat them. If their defense can it can get through the offensive line, putting eight men in the box and really effectively stopping the run. And I don't think they're capable of playing that kind of run defense. So I, I don't see a path forward for the uh, for the Bengals in this game, to be perfectly honest. I like the Titans quite a bit. But I'm going to do something a little different this week. I'm going to, I've got a teaser set up, uh, but I'm going to tease some totals because I really like some totals this week. So I'm going to oh, tease boy. the. I usually don't. I'm not a totals guy, but I really there are three totals this week that don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Are you terrified? Go- hey, listen, you teased through zero last week and it worked in your favor. Why not do it again? No, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to tease the Bengals under. And so they're now new under is going to be 53, uh, the, the Bengals uh, Titans under. I like this. All right. So is what is that? A six point teaser? Yeah, it's a six point uh, uh, total teaser. We, you, we don't you, do this very often. You, you know, you can put in totals and games in a teaser, right? As long as it's a six point teaser. Like you could tease both the total and the spread if you wanted to. We're going to do that. 
we're going to do that. Okay, but just for this game, it's the total up to 53? No, we're going to take the Titans all the way to two and a half as well. All right, so teasing through zero. So Tennessee plus two and a half. Teasing through... To yeah. get to two and a half. I don't care about that. I just want to add some extra juice on the teaser. <laughs> That's the best way to play it. Uh, so good, Honestly, good, I, I just think the Bengals are, are, are dead fish here. Uh, so good news for the Titans in this game. The unders are five and two when the Titans have played a team that has qualified for the playoffs so far this season. The one bad thing is the Bengals have been really good on the road. They've covered five straight games. Uh, They've won the first half and outright five times in six games that they've covered on the road so far this season. I just think, I mean, you talk about the run defense, you are completely correct that I don't know if they can stop whether Henry is at full strength or not, or they turn to Donta Foreman or whoever, the running game has just been really good so far this season. The Bengals' offensive line played a lot better than I thought it was going to play against the Raiders, and Tennessee does not bring that type of firepower getting to the quarterback like the Raiders did, or the Raiders do. I mean, they're going to have to blitz, and once you start blitzing, all of a sudden Joe Burrow gets to be pretty good, and Chase is completely eaten up basically every good team that he's played so far this season in seven games against playoff teams this year jamar chase has 754 yards and nine touchdowns their best run defense in this game is to do what the Bengals have done a few times this year is just come out chucking and hope to be up 14 nothing and then it throws the other team completely off their game and then they can bangle their way into a really close game so i'm going to take the Bengals and the points plus three and a half i think they can win this game outright and i might bet the money line jeff uh Tim, if you're so confident, why wouldn't you even consider screwing teasers and finding the Titans on some alternate line? I I think it's actually a reasonable play as well. I mean, look, there's no team in the last, I don't know, three, four, five playoffs that has been more disrespected than the Tennessee Titans. And there's no team in these current playoffs with a better resume than the Tennessee Titans. And yet nobody gives them a chance when they win this week. They'll be underdogs at home in the AFC championship game. Like they just don't get any respect despite being a very good football team. Uh, go ahead. Take the Bengals at your peril. I'm picking the Titans. I'm picking good. the Titans. I know I've kind of, you know, insulted them a few points throughout the season, but things came together. Marvelous little job there by Vrabel. Uh, finally had, you know, the secondary not getting walked over at many points like they were for most of the last year and a half, despite even through their successes. Uh, This game opened at three and got bet up quickly, and I'm sad that I slept on it because that would have been a nice bet, a bet that I'd get mad at the refs (laughs) if I could have caught that uh, three points. So give me Tennessee here. I agree with a lot of Tim's points. I think they're ready for this moment. They're experienced, and uh, yeah, great season for the Bengals. I'm thrilled for them. I'm thrilled for their fans. I love seeing new blood in the playoffs, let alone advance in the playoffs. But I don't know. I call it a bad spot game, what have you. I think there's a nice spot and a nice opponent for for the Titan. Here, I'll lay three and a half. Okay. The coin is taking Cincinnati along with me. Late Saturday, San Francisco is at Green Bay. There are now rumblings that Jimmy G 
is he has an injured shoulder. He has an injured thumb. He might not go. Um, it looks to be more than likely that he will play, but it's not great. It's five and a half right now. The Packers are favored at home, expected to be cold in Green Bay. But as I've pointed out like two or three times on this show and the best bet show last week when it comes to these over-unders, if it is not windy, it really doesn't matter how cold it is unless it's some sort of record-setting frigidness. And it's probably not going to be that way. We just saw this in the Bills game. Yeah, it was really cold out. There was no win. Didn't make a difference for Josh Allen at all. The Bills were able to run the offense that they wanted to run. I would expect that the Packers are going to be able to do that too. The over-under in this game is 47 and a half, by the way. I like every single underdog this week, Jeff. I'm rooting for every single underdog to win. I know that is not plausible or possible. And I think when I really examine these games that this is probably the biggest mismatch. I know that we're holding these San Francisco futures. I hope San Francisco wins. But I think the Packers are a bad matchup in this spot, especially with the banged up Jimmy G that Packers roll. I'll take the minus five and a half. Are we concerned at all that this game is supposed to be even colder than Buffalo last week? No, what I'm saying is I don't think that matters. As long as it's not windy, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, the game's going to go under. But it's got nothing to do with the weather. I I like the spread a lot. I think I see five and a half. And it always makes me scared of the favorite. Always. Uh, I like San Francisco here. I think this is going to be a really close game. Uh, a tight finish to the end. I'm hoping they can pull off the upset for the for the, um, for the the future. I, I'm not really confident in that. There's a few things working against them in that sense. But I think they're built. That they're, that to, they're not that good? <laughs> well, just I think they're built to compete against better teams and and cover spreads so i will take them to cover here i'd be curious to know if they have remembered that uh george kittle plays on their team because in the last two games when their season was on the line it wasn't a factor that's not true whatsoever that is completely false they haven't been passing to him. No, yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they I know. Haven't. Yeah, ever since Elijah Mitchell came back and they decided to go to a completely run-heavy team, you know what's a prudent move? Taking the best blocking tight end in football and asking him to block so you can run over every single team, which they've well, been doing. Well, I understand. I understand the necessity for that, but he is also a most marvelous and game-breaking pass receiver, and to not use him enough in the passing game is criminal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they, they, they've, uh, they've really been hurting on the results uh, since they started doing this, by the way. They sure, lost, they should continue they've lost not once. to, not they, to they've, throw in the They've lost keep, once? Not, no, that seems like a smart idea. This rock keeps away tigers, so they, you know, so you should buy it from me. Keep tigers away from you. I, I, just told, I just told you the reason of what they're doing and how the strategy no, is working. And I, I, I think that th- there is something to be said about that, but you're also not taking advantage of his marvelous gifts as a receiver. And at some point you're going to need to. Now, the reason the 49ers have a shot in this game is because the, the Packers can't tackle and can't play the run. And so the the San Francisco has a chance to be in the game. And I think the Niners also realize, does it really matter if Jimmy G is hundred percent or not? He should just be turning around and handing the ball off or throwing short passes as much as possible. That, 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 and so why the, this game goes under, I, I like the under in this quite a bit. So we're teasing the under and, uh, in terms of the side, I'm very torn. It's the game I have the most – One of I, both NFC games, I have very, very tough – very tough for me to pick a side in either game because I'm not sure. I think the Packers are going to win, but I think San Francisco will cover. I think it's going to be like 20-17 to 17 for, for Green Bay. So I suppose I am obliged to take the, the 49ers against the number. Are you going to tease them up too? Tease them up to 11 and a no. half? No, not really. 
All right, so San Francisco Green Bay under 53 and a half. Let me write this down. You're getting pretty complicated on me. Congratulations on hitting a, a hundred losses on your free money plays last week, by the way. Well, you know Cre- what? Cre- it was going to happen sooner or later. Do you, do you know who got it? Who got you? Well, the Raiders. Sorry, I assume it was the Patriots. It was the Patriots. That was the only loss that you had. Yeah. Gee, I, I hate to see that happen. That, that really tore me up. I was in tears about it. I just worry that if the rush, if Green Bay can jump out to an early lead here, I know that San Francisco is going to continue to run the ball. I just worry about them in catch-up mode. I know that they were able to do it against the Rams uh, in the final week of the season, but I think it's, yeah. a bit, it's a bit trickier when Aaron Rodgers is likely just not going to throw you a bunch of points like Matt Stafford does. I think you should just bet the money line if you like Green Bay this week. I wouldn't touch that spread. What is the money line? Minus 240? Really? Yeah. I, I if you if you like them that much, just bet the side. Just know. bet you, the money line. You, you now have to get two and a half times your wager to do that. I get it, but I just that five and a half, as Jeff mentioned, is such a scary number against a team like San Francisco that just. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't play. I, I would rather. No, there's. I would rather not bet this game than bet a minus two forty in this game. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. But I think minus two forty is a perfectly reasonable bet here. Pat, just make a teaser. What what's the teaser? I don't know. I'm just. I think <laughs> teasers are. are yeah. Tim loves them. Uh, no, listen, I like San Francisco, but it's also the Packers at home versus the you know against the MVP. This game turns out to be boring, like some of the other games of last week. I'm not shocked. Like, yeah, I'm I mean, prepared. it is the playoffs. That's the other thing. It is the playoffs. So expect Rodgers to play poorly because that's what he does in the playoffs. Is play poorly. <laughs> Dude, you're still going there. Well, I mean, let's look, you know, I'm, I'm actively rooting against the Packers. You actively want... help them, help them win an MVP. And you're just, I, gonna... I take no responsibility, but do I want to see them lose this week? Yes. But do I want to see him lose next week? Also, that would be great. As long as you don't get him in the Super Bowl, I just, we, I just, I don't like, I, I, I don't like this team. This Packer team can't play special teams and they can't play defense. So they have to get beaten at some point by one of these three remaining good NFC teams. I uh, will be our... cheering. Whoever wins San Francisco and Green Bay will have my full support in the NFC title. Oh, I'm sure, because if it's the Rams, then God forbid you have them hosting the Super Bowl in their home stadium in your stadium. Or if it's the uh, the Buccaneers, you just you're tired of Tom Brady winning Super Bowls. But. Yeah, I mean the Rams is multi layered, and we can get into it. And I actually, well, I don't know, I might even pick them th- this week. But yeah, you know the the Rams just do it differently. And I guess like I'm a curmudgeon and says, no, that's not how it's supposed to be done. Your team's supposed to suck and you're supposed to just draft bad players, not trade your draft picks for proven entities. It's not how you win in football. All right. That brings us to the midway point of the show, meaning it's time for a mini version of Cust Corner. Cust Corner, it's Cust Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States, but it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner, Cuss Corner. <laughs> okay, so this week, something that's been going through my mind and I don't quite understand is why is it that hors d'oeuvre food is never regular food that we can have at, at meals? Because hors d'oeuvres are delicious. Like, why can't you just have 15 mini quiche for supper or just a bunch of 
bacon wrapped scallops or uh, or water chestnuts like why don't we normalize water chestnuts why is it are horrible by the way they are delicious they're not delicious they are delicious uh again if you have a palate of a, someone older than a five-year-old okay. you'll enjoy water yeah, I mean, chestnuts. but you but you have shown that you have the palate of the five-year-old is the thing no i lo- i love water chestnuts my point is hors d'oeuvre food is by and large delicious why don't we normalize eating hors d'oeuvres or why doesn't someone open a restaurant that serves just hors d'oeuvres as meals? You're what a great food. idea that would be. Kate, like all you, the meals- you are completely against like when we go and get shareable food at places. This would be a shareable restaurant. You realize that? No, 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 no. Everyone gets their own order a la carte. You know, if you order the mini quiches, you get like seven of them. And then like you get a side to go with. Like, why can't we have... These are all sides. Food? That's the thing. These are all side dishes. No, they're not all side dishes. They are. They're they're really mini. You can choose to have as li- as few or as much as you want of them. They would probably be best in a style of, oh yeah, I'll have three of those. I'll have two of those. That's why they're hors d'oeuvres because you can pick and choose from the ones that you want. No, I could eat like an entire container of Tim, mini Tim, dishes. Tim, we've seen you. You can eat an entire container of anything. But it's not just me. Like I think you should normalize this. Uh, like like people eating Tim. hors d'oeuvres as meals. Okay, so let me just step in right away and. <laughs> Just tell you, like, nothing is stopping you from doing, doing this. Something no, no, like I this. know I could. Hold on, hold on. There are normalize. many times, there are many times where I've gone to a restaurant and literally for my main course, just ordered two appetizers. Like, Which, they're things that I like that are. What an imposition against you. That's not right. You shouldn't have to do that. Like, the, the, to say that. Why? Oh, he, he, no, no, no one, no what one imposition. <laughs> yeah, what, what? The waiter didn't look at me like I was an alien. Like, oh, it wasn't I bet an uncommon. Why, 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 why do you think, Tim, that everyone is judging you wherever you go? They're always doing that kind of stuff. And you're not it's insane. Good. That the no, world, I'm not. But the world revolves around you. Everyone just has to have a comment about Tim on everything he does in public. A bunch of people, people don't know. I've, I've done the same thing as Jeff has. When we've gone out to yeah, dinner, I Tim, I go out and I'll be like, yeah, I, like even to mention bacon wraps. So what do you, I think the last time I went, I got those and like whatever the like two taco appetizer was. Yeah. That was my entire I, I remember meal. I, did. And I, got I wasn't like shrimp. Oh, my sliders. God. And it wasn't and like, I've oh my God, the, too, but the, the waiter is back there being like, oh, look at this guy. He got two appetizers. What the fuck are you talking about? Guys, this guy, they don't want their appetizers brought till the main course. Tim, would you like if some fine print on the menu said, feel comfortable to order these as your main course? You know what? Absolutely, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. In fact, I think menu shouldn't even have the appetizer section separate from the main section. Just have it all on one big thing. <laughs> Don't make me feel like I'm some strange person because I want to order some bacon wrapped scallops and some like nachos, and that's my meal. Well, so don't salad. But, but most of the time it's underneath the app category because it's a smaller dish, and that's how you know the sizing of everything. No, I, but whatever. You can just mention the sizing in the description or in the price or whatever you want. Look, it's just I find it to be exclusionary to me when I was want I feel like it would be a better dining experience if we didn't have these categories on the menu that don't need to be there. No one else, no one else. This is like you being pressure. Like I I'm sensitive about it. Yeah. We, we, we we definitely, we definitely know that you fucking snowflake, but you're also the same sort of triggered. But no, this is also the same thing that Tim is all into like three course meals and you have to use this fork and it has to come out at this time. But also I get sad when I order apps. 
well, this is not quite a multi-course meal where the the menu is already fixed and you're served courses one after the other in a particular fashion. That's much different. No, it's not because the, the one that they the, the one that they bring out first. That's the only one I want, Tim, of the three course meal. And people are just chatting all around the table. If it comes out second for me and first for other people, like what are you talking I, about? I, I, there's you know more, exactly what I'm talking. You're about. a fucking mental case. No, I'm not. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. It makes people feel like less, like there's some sort of like something less by saying, oh, no, I'm not going to have a main. I'm just going to have two apples. Hold on a second. You go to your shanties like TGA Fridays, Applebee's, Chili's, and you're afraid of like you're intimidated by the waiter or you, you, you make up some conversation the waiter is going to have with the with the chef in quotation marks, chef. Oh, they probably your are. order. Oh, you should get a load of this guy. He's ordering a couple apps. No meal for him, huh? Imagine, imagine being such a main character that you think that other people actually give a shit about you. Oh, they do. I'm sure they do in these instances. And like appetizer food is delicious. Normalize it as a regular meal. Okay, I'll give you that. And there's one thing that I thought of that, okay, if I could pull this off, like, yeah, Tim's, I would prefer it this way. Like at a wedding, I'd probably rather for my main course just drop a tray of of uh piggies in a blanket in front of me than your dry chicken main course. Yes, but absolutely. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like this is su- this is such no. a millennial way of thinking, by the way, Tim. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It really is. Like I think that hors d'oeuvres are fantastic and appetizers are fantastic. Every restaurant should serve me appetizers, but also have an all-you-can-eat buffet for when <laughs> I'm not full from the appetizers. Yes, absolutely. I feel that way. Imagine all-you-can-eat appetizer box. Oh, oh my, my god! Goodness. Well, that's like a children's buffet. Yeah. You get like fingers and yeah, no, but would have like good like there'd be caviar, toast points there. Oh yeah, that that, that would that would sell out all the time. Yeah, restaurants would sure sure make a lot of money doing that too. <laughs> suppose they probably would, would have some trouble with that but look i'm just saying i'm bothered by it makes me feel upset sometimes when like i have i want to order a couple appetizers for supper and they're like you order your appetizers and the waiter says okay and what are you having for your main as if oh what you've ordered isn't good enough for that, that is not the implication what you are deranged if you think that <laughs> tim you think that the waiter yeah. is you bullying to- you when you go to hot counters, like say you go to the grocery store and you know they serve hot food and you can do oh, yeah. that for, for lunch. Oh yeah. Or any sort of place where someone is, you know, using a tong and, and putting it in a tray for you. Do you specify like which ones you yes. want? Or are you afraid yes. to talk to the person? No, no, I say, can I have that chicken tender and that chicken tender and that chicken tender, please? And are you worried that that person's then going to go into the back and like make fun of you for demanding specific no, I don't, tenders? I don't think that's any different than somebody at a restaurant picking up which lobster that they want from the tent. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ. I, think <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's, there's obviously a gap in, in terms of the classiness, but nevertheless, it's the same basic principle. I have a friend that we've been making fun of recently because he was at one of these hot counters and he literally saw them bring out like a hot tray of fingers. And the lady was serving him from the not hot tray. Oh, yeah, I would say something. And he claimed he was, like, too intimidated by the lady to say something. <laughs> oh, And we're like, God. what's the matter with you? You're afraid of talking to the lunch lady? No, I would say, can I have the fresh ones, please? Thank you. 
And can I have the one that doesn't have as much crisp stuff on the side and maybe looks a little meatier? Thanks. Well, now you've gone too far with that with that second part. Just the hot ones. Give me some, give me some of the hot ones. Give me the fresh. Well, not ones. just that, but there are certain shapes of them I prefer over others, right? But, so but you're not one. five years old. I want the one that I'm looks not. like a dinosaur. It, no, I'm not doing that. It's not based on aesthetics. Just I prefer the ones that have more white meat and less skin. They're healthier for you. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing that we know, getting deep fried chicken tenders well, from a grocery store, the, the, epi- the epitome the, of health, Tim. I didn't say healthy. I love healthy uh, Yeah, uh, what, what is, hold on, hold on. What, what, what is, what, what is healthier? You, you get more white just, meat. Just be, you get more white meat, and therefore your deep fried chicken tenders are now healthier? I didn't. Then the ones that have more skin and more crisp, rather. Yeah, I, 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 like, I, like, I like the language that you use to make yourself feel like you're eating well. Hi, I'm no, having no, this thing that is disastrous for me. But you know what? I could have had stuff that's way but, worse. Well, but look, you know, those these little things matter. No, right? that, if that, that, to... honestly, if you're nitpicking the difference between that and that, that actually doesn't matter. Oh, but I do like to nitpick things like that. I know, I mean, it and, 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 but it doesn't matter, which is why you shouldn't be doing it. Either eat healthy or don't eat healthy. If you're gonna eat, if you're gonna eat healthy, then don't have the deep fried stuff. If you're gonna have the deep fried stuff, who the fuck cares what you have after that? Like, just go all in. Well, I don't want to go. And turning walk. down the pieces of fried chicken that have like the extra hanging fried like nah. ball on that's them. Delicious. That's that's no, I don't want food. I don't want that. Let that for other people. I want the one that has more actual chicken. I mean, here to eat the chicken, not the Then why coating. don't you just go buy some chicken and make it yourself? Well, because I like the coating too. It's not like I'm against the coating. Don't get me wrong. But the chicken is the star of the show here. Am I sad. wrong? It's very sad stuff. No, it's not sad. It's very sad. Normalize. Get if get rid of the appetizer section off menus. Just mix it in with everything else. People will find what they but want. But some people, I like nicer restaurants. Probably just like call them small plates. Yeah, I feel. Oh, so then what I'm choosing is a small plate. That's uh, not a not a big enough plate for me. Is that what it is? I I would find that hurtful. Well, it's also why would why would you find that you... hurtful? It's priced differently, and they're telling you the fucking size of it. You goober. <laughs> Like, if you want to divide it based on the actual thing that it is, like here are our chicken dishes, here are our salad dishes, here are our beef dishes, fish dishes, that's perfectly fine. I have no issue with that. But don't uh, separate the items based on what you think they should be for. But they're they're served a certain way. That's how they're served. So if one comes on a small plate, I wouldn't want to order something thinking it was a main course meal and it shows up. It's like, oh, this is really small. I wish I would have known that. That, That's very helpful information. It wasn't me sitting there being like, I am very hurt that they put appetizers on here and now I am sad. But so I'm going to have to order five of these. I, I didn't say any of that. I just, you can also tell from the price of the item whether it's going to be smaller or larger. Let's, let's not necessarily. Honest. Hey, no, it could just be fancy. Not necessarily. Market price. Or it will describe the item. It might say, oh, here are three meatballs or whatever. Okay, well, then you know that you're only going to get three of them or whatever the case may be. Uh, in fact, almost all the time is the amount or quantity of stuff mentioned in the on the menu in the description. So I, I don't think that confusion would happen as often. I, I think it's just a matter of encouraging people to order what they want without but, having to but, feel bad but people, about But you don't need to encourage down. anyone to do this. People do this already. Have you ever You're had You're just a one, lunatic. Have you ever had one food take that is universally agreed upon? I once tweeted out that I prefer cookies when they're warm and soft rather than when they're hard. And that got okay. like- That is a good take. That is a that, that is, is an a abs- the absolute take. correct take. 
so yes, I, I guess I am capable of good takes, Jeff. Well, I mean, I think all my takes are good or I wouldn't have them, but I have takes that other people seem to like as well. You're just on this restaurant brigade of there should be buffets because I'm not be. full enough. And now there should be no appetizer distinction because that is insulting in some respect. I, I didn't I get, I didn't get a supersized fry at McDonald's. I just got a large fry because it's healthier, Jeff. But it is healthier. It's not healthy. I didn't say it is healthy. You said it's, it's healthier, healthy. implying that it's healthy, and it's fucking not. No, it doesn't imply it's healthy. Yes, it, it is. Yes, it. It. When you say that something is healthier, you are implying that it's healthy. That is exactly that what you're doing. And you're trying to convince yourself that you're not eating like a fucking pig. <laughs> I mean, like a, a medium is healthier than a large. Yes, you're thank you. It's not more, healthier. I, it's bad you, for you. Yes, but it's there... Like, but, well, you're taking in less bad, I guess. Yes, which makes it healthier by definition of what the word actually means. It doesn't make it, doesn't make it healthy. It makes it healthier than the other. How can something be healthier if it's not healthy for you? Please well, explain if something that something is me. like the Oreo, the, 30, the Oreo that's 30% less fat, it's how, not healthy. How about, how about instead of using the word healthier to make it seem like you're making a good dietary decision, just say it's not as bad for me. Because then at least you're acknowledging that it's still bad for you. Well, but healthier has got more concision, and I think no healthier more- makes you seem because you're a fucking snowflake like you're eating healthy, like you you have no. made it. You have made a good strong dietary choice by doing this. Yeah, well, that's like the guy who, you know, has his supersized combo meal, and then instead of regular Coke, gets diet Coke, and it's like I'm making a healthy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm making choice. the healthy choice. It's no different. Well, when, the- it's no different being like you know what? I am quitting booze this week. I'm just going to do a bunch of Coke on the weekend. Fewer calories. Well, healthier, no, it's not, he- healthier choice, Tim. Healthier. No, choice. that that analogy doesn't really hang, but why? the McDonald's one does. What, why doesn't and, it? And hang? It is, it is. You're taking something because that's really detrimental to something that you're just not using as much of. Those are both substances that a person is abusing and addicted to. We're talking about calorie consumption. Yeah, but we know you're. But we know you're addicted to McDonald's. So what's the difference? More people die of heart I'm disease not. from eating like shit than that, those two other things. I'm not, addicted. not addicted to McDonald's, but last week you squealed at the thought of potentially losing your McDonald's points. That would... Well, I've earned them. But but all your points combined are worth what? Like one small McFlurry? I don't know. Let me look up how many points I got right now on the app. I bet you it's more than you think. Okay, and uh-huh. if you wanted to spend all of them, would you even get a combo for free? No. I, I'm go- about to tell you if I were to cash in my reward what the app says that I could cash my reward in for. By the way, the definition of healthy is in good health, by the way. just Healthy, not healthier. Healthier is the, is the word I'm using. I still don't think that applies because it would still imply that something has to be healthy. So right now, Jeff, I could get an egg McMuffin value meal and I still have points to spare. Uh, Big Mac meal still have points to spare. Uh, You've cleared ten thousand points, you I'm animal. At, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> under fourteen thousand points. Right <laughs> just under fourteen thousand. I go to McDonald's a lot. I've never used a point. I don't know. You see, I go 000. for coffee a lot, right? So, oh yeah, you you pile up fifteen thousand points with with dollar <laughs> coffees. Sure, you do. Well, you go just about every day. <laughs> how many, how many points do you get for a coffee? I don't know. How many points do you, you think can you get for a coffee? 
I suspect you probably get like under your points. You can view history. It'll tell you exactly how many points you got. Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, we'll see, but this tells you by points, not by amount. Wow. That was a lot of points. So that means you're ordering uh, other items then not just your coffee. Well, some days. Oh, here's my Christmas Eve or Christmas day one where I had to drive all around to find stuff. Uh, well, these points expire too. I don't know, Tim. How much? How much on the coffee? Uh, I, I don't know. I can't. So he's tell. never ordered so, a standalone coffee. Yeah, I can't tell. I can't. So you're not so, so all, all this talk about just all just going to get coffee that never fucking happened, did it? <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. I just don't know why it's not coming up on my app. Oh it yeah, happens. it's 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 technology's fault. I, I'm so sorry. It's got to be the app's fault. That's what I assume must have gone on here. Maybe you should update it. <laughs> Maybe it will work properly. Anyway, yeah, I'm just under just under 14,000 points. I don't know what happens when you get to 14,000. That's where the bar ends. So like, I don't know if you get like something special or what. You probably get like VIP status. That would be nice. I've earned that. But I'm not addicted. Like if McDonald's went away tomorrow, I'd be fine. Don't feel like you would. You, you you were I'd freaking you were freaking out because you almost lost your McDonald's points. Imagine if like, the restaurant no, went away. Like I would miss it, but I'd get over it. There's more. To I life have a question. Life. Why is McDonald like McDonald's? I never. I was just like they have. They refer to things as as uh, like smaller items. Do they not? They do. Well, but they don't have appetizers. Or they have like the the little menu, the, the single menu. The dollar menu? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a dollar well, menu. Well, maybe, maybe the employees at McDonald's are judging me because I just wanted to get three cheeseburgers. Why, did, why, why, did, why, did, why didn't that guy get the just, combo? What's wrong with You don't with think him? that the people at McDonald's don't judge people for their orders if they're extraordinarily strange? I don't think that would be a very strange order is what I'm trying to tell you. No, I don't think, I don't think that would be a strange order. But And, if and honestly, order... I don't think that the high 16-year-olds really care all that much unless it was so extreme that everyone could have a good laugh over it. Maybe you're right. There are so many. Me- if you work at McDonald's, like in a city or anywhere, you probably encounter so many messed up people that the guy asking to change his topping doesn't register for you. No, that's probably right. I- I'd be curious if you work. How many people are actually regulars at a McDonald's on a run of a day? Regular means they go six to seven times a week. So on average, once a day or just under once a day. Wonder what the percentage would be. I have no idea. I'd say pretty low. But you also probably have regular people, especially in cities who, I mean, if they're still going to the office, I bet you there's a lot of like workers who go to McDonald's every single day because it's, it's, it's cheap, it's fast, it's probably very convenient for wherever you work. Um, and you just kind of bang it out that way. Like you're thinking about the people yeah. that we used to see when we were growing up that would like have their own seats at McDonald's. Like there'd be like one customer per McDonald's and like <laughs> they had their own seat. They were there every time you went in. It's like the guy that I see at the gym all the time. Like, I don't think that he just has the same random schedule as me that he just happens to only be at the gym whenever I'm there. I'm just going to assume he's always there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He lives on that machine or he lives in that booth at McDonald's. Yeah, probably. The guy at the gym is in very good shape, though. The regulars at McDonald's tend not to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose if you're going to choose one place to, to haunt more often than not, then the gym's probably a pretty good one. All right. I think it was a good cuss corner. Good timing on that. Let's get to the next. Can I... Oh, go ahead, Jeffrey. I have a minor complaint about something that bothered me today. Is it about Darren Rovell? 
No, are I you, have are been. You, I are love you? Are you? Je- it just, I, I can see it coming from you. How jealous you are of Darren Rovell's you know, signed one of one Panini Rosa Parks card. <laughs> I love. I, I loathe. I loathe Rovell. I love when the internet makes fun of him. I understand there are times, as you know, you sometimes like to point out when. He can do things that are probably attention seeking, but it's moments like, you know, where he has to proclaim things like he did this week that are not intention seeking. They're just foot and mouth. And as someone so eloquently pointed out on Twitter, he's he's Twitter's little Carmine. Um, And I think that fits perfectly, despite the fact that I, I don't know, he's got two million followers and. He's represented by, I think, like CAA. He's, you know, he's not too shabby, I guess. I wonder, you'd think there are other people who could be employed to tell us what concession stand foods they have at Washington National Games and plagiarize people's winning big parlay bets to tweet. But, hey, to each their own. Um, My complaint is far more serious matter. Uh, so I sent you guys out today a uh, trailer for the new Fresh Prince spinoff called Bel Air, which they appear to have turned into a very like intense teen drama show, which is fine. I don't agree with, uh, although I grew up enjoying Beverly Hills and the OC and all that stuff. So if this generation needs something like that, they need to spin off the Fresh Prince Bel Air theme, whatever. There's so much talk about equality and discrimination out there and leveling the field. How can you have a Fresh Prince, a Bel Air reboot and Uncle Phil not be fat? Like that's discriminating against fat people. Ridiculous. There should be fat. There should be like three neck rolls. Bullshit. Maybe he was. That's Uncle Phil. Maybe he was eating healthier by just taking mediums. Instead of larges. <laughs> I guess so. I'm just saying that's that's unfair representation. That is, um, yeah, of fat people. And I get it. You know, they're not maybe the most appealing people to look at and what have you. And maybe they're not built for a highfalutin teen drama in Bel Air. But you can't reboot Fresh Prince and not make Uncle Phil a fat man. So you can't. I, I didn't. I didn't watch the trailer. Is it like a complete character for character reboot, or is this like Will's other cousin, and like they also live in Bel Air or something? No, it seems like it's a character for character reboot. Except we go deeper into why uh, why Will had to leave West Philly, like some incident and some gang related thing. You sort of get a backstory on that. And apparently his troubles from West Philly follow him to L.A. And it's just a it seemed like very Beverly Hills 90210-ish in the trailer. I wonder if they'll have Don Cheadle reprise his role as Ice Tray, Phil's or Will's friend from Philadelphia. Maybe we'll see Hillary back. I haven't seen Hillary in anything for years. Yeah, I don't know. No, there's like no one in the cast. I assume it's executive produced or something by Will Smith. But so, yeah. it's, so it's like they they were like, we have this IP. NBC's like, we have this IP that's Fresh Prince. Everyone likes Fresh Prince. We did this reunion. Everyone seemed to like that. And then this other show, Euphoria, 
seems to be a big hit with the teens these days. Let's just combine these two things is what you're saying? Like, it's like really, like, is it like an over-the-top teen drama or is it like PG-13 teen drama? No, it seems kind of a bit over-the-top teen drama. Didn't I didn't get a PG-13 um, vibe from it. Very much like OC sort of like vibe. I miss the dad from the OC. Peter Gallagher, whatever happened to him? I don't know. That, had, that was a great show. He had great breath. I forgot you loved the OC, Tim. Love, 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 love. Love that show. Maybe you and Jeff should start your own spinoff show where you guys do an OC rewatch and you guys talk about each episode. I would be able to break down every episode after watching. I would love it. That Sandy was such a great dad. Okay. Let's get to the next set of games. We have Rams at Tampa. Tampa favored by three at the moment, although it looks like that is gonna change at some point. It's minus 120 to bet the plus three right now, so this is leaning towards minus two and a half pretty soon, it seems. But 48 and a half is the over-under. I want to erase what I saw Monday night because Arizona was pretty bad, and it made the Rams seem like they're really, really good. Although Cam Akers coming back had some... Oh, like when you look at the overall box score, it wasn't super impressive, but uh, he had one pass that was completely underthrown by Matt Stafford. That would have been a huge game. He had one call back by penalty. That was a huge game. He looked really good. And the Bucs don't stop the run like they were the Bucs from last year. Philadelphia wasn't able to capitalize. But it, it, it's funny because it felt like Tampa sleptwalked through their game against Philly, and it wasn't even close. Like It didn't even look like they were trying and they killed them. I don't know what to do with this game. I have to admit um, I am going to pick the Rams only because they're my Super Bowl team and I'm going to go down swinging. But I just don't have a feel for the game. Uh, what you just said was very well put. You don't want to be over-influenced by what we saw last evening. And, and the Rams have ha- have had some struggles uh, scoring points, particularly that San Francisco game. The way they played that game was just so disappointing. But Akers does bring a, an extra dynamic to the game. And Yes, the Buccaneers did great last week and they scored a lot of points, but it, the I mean, part of the reason there was so much steam on Philadelphia on, on Sunday was because people right, were coming to terms with the fact that a lot of important players were not playing for Tampa. And, uh, and, and that is still the case in this game. And the question is, when is this going to matter? I, 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 in the end, I don't like the Rams traveling across the country to play outside uh, against Tampa. I, I'm going to, but, I, but I, I don't like that. So I want to take Tampa, but also I think the Rams are healthier overall, despite not having Robert Woods and can play Tampa really closely. I, as you can tell from my voice, I'm very torn on this football game and I don't know what to make of it. There's no, I have no bets whatsoever involved in my teaser on this game. And I'm taking the Rams simply out of dedicated, uh, you know, upholding my bargain at the start of the year by picking them to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to wait for this to go to minus two and a half, Jeff, and I'll take Tampa. I mean, for the show, I'll make it minus three because we're doing picks on the show. I think if you want to bet it, you wait because I think the steam is going to come in on the Rams. I'm with Tim. It's a very close game to call. I'll take Brady over Stafford 100 times over 100, even at his elevated age. But there's a couple critical guys this week that we don't know if they're going to play or not. Like, is Nick Bosa going to be back for the 49ers? Is Jair Alexander going to play for the Packers? Is Wilfs going to play for the Buccaneers? Because I think that's going to make a big deal for them. When you've got to block guys up front, if Brady has time, 
feel like you can just pick apart this defense. Like if Ramsey doesn't travel with Mike Evans, Mike Evans is going to kill them. Gronk is going to kill them no matter what. Um, and can the rest of these guys step up, whether it be Perriman or Tyler Johnson, can they do enough to fill in that gap? And so far so good, but you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Yeah, so it's going to be the conversation all week in many respects is what sort of overreaction is involved in this Rams line. We talk about overreaction to the teams that played on Monday night in week six, let alone this playoff game that we all agree in terms of the league having it. I don't know if Tim does, but Pat and I agree it was a good success. We enjoyed the Monday night football playoff and just how bad the Cardinals looked. I don't, it's hard. I don't want to take anything away from the Rams, but... The Cardinals look so bad and whatever Kingsbury tried to do in, in their strategy and not having Murray run around, like it just seems like they were totally inept. Uh, so there's a huge overreaction here. Not only did the Rams look amazing on Monday night in every facet, but the double edge of this is I am one of these people who sort of came into these playoffs thinking, I think I'm going to pick on Brady and the Buccaneers between the off field stuff and the injuries. It felt like they were right for the taking. And then the draw comes out and it's like, well, I do want to pick on the Bucs. I sure as hell ain't doing it on Philly. And however we game scripted it last, like it kind of worked out sort of perfectly as easy a win as it was like, I don't know. The Eagles try to run the ball. The Bucs are amazing at that. The Eagles aren't even going to take advantage of, of the, the Bucs deficiencies and that whether they tried or they couldn't it didn't matter and now you get a team like the rams who you're pretty confident sean mcveigh can scheme his way into taking advantage of some of the deficiencies on the buccaneers but at the same time if worf's plays which i think of all the, well, they're all pretty big alexander you mentioned them bosa listen if i know a bosa he's not playing you know that <laughs> yeah, with a head injury He's not. Playing. Yeah, no, that's fair. I know Tim wants to make his jokes, but like these guys. Jeez. They I, have I bad like luck. Say, they have bad injury. Luck. No, and they're not. They're very like hyper cautious about injuries and yeah, returning they are. and being a hundred and listen, and that's totally fair. Um, I guess to them, like you do what's in your best interest, but in terms of the warrior spirit, like playing with a concussion, like I don't see Nick Bosa doing that. Um, I don't see Joey Bosa doing that. So I'm not just, I'm, I'm doubling that Bosa shade, I guess, in some respect. Hope Bosa plays. I need him. That being said, Brady has time. This Rams team has two injured safeties. They got Eric Weddle out there. The fact that Arizona didn't just attack every time he was on the field. You, whoever said Gronk's going to have a field day, he's probably going to. And so is Brates. <sighs> I want to pick the Rams so bad, but it just feels like it stinks. So I'm picking Tampa. Uh, I misspoke. Uh, Ziggy Wilf does not play uh, offensive line for the Tampa Bay. I Buccaneers. knew what you meant. No, I he owns the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, yes. Sometimes I get this stuff conflated in my head. No, uh, even if Ziggy Wilf was playing, probably wouldn't make that big of a difference. Worfs is the one that we need to play to help protect Brady <laughs> in this spot. Uh, that's going to make a much bigger impact, I think, at least, now that I think about what I have said. So sorry about that. I know that people, man, you don't even know the players. We're doing this without a script. Sometimes uh, wrong stuff flies off the top of your head. So everyone's on Tampa except for Cust here. I don't love it. 
and and I won't be mad if I'm wrong, but I just I feel like there we all just saw in some ways I'm not giving the Rams the full credit from last night. I'm not. Buffalo in Kansas City to close the week. We have the Kansas City Chiefs at home favored by two points. 54 and a half is the over under in this game. Uh, the Bills, since the beginning of last season, are 9-2 and two to hit the over in games that feature an over-under of over 50 points, so that's great news. And the Chiefs were 2-5 and five against the spread this season when the over-under went over 50. Uh, I was talking to Paul about this before I came on the show, and I think that the three of us have talked about this all year, that Buffalo had one goal coming into this year, to design a team that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And they've already done it once this year. Now, there's a lot more pressure that's going to happen in this game than it happened earlier in the year. But I do think that from what I've seen of these teams, I mean, you can get the Buffalo lays an egg game. We've seen that. Um, but it just feels like Kansas City shoots itself in the foot too often. And the Bills are, kind, at least offensively, the Bills are what we envision the Chiefs being every week. They're kind of the Chiefs that make fewer mistakes. I love Buffalo in this game, plus two, taking the Bills. So I'm staying on the wagon. I am not leaving the Bills wagon. Uh, I invested in them to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to stick with that here. Uh, you make a good point in that we did t speak about it many times, especially when the Bills struggled this year, like the Colts game. After the Colts game, it was a big talking point. Well, maybe this team's problem is they made every effort and every move they made in the offseason was to just be better versus Kansas City, and that ends up really backfiring against other teams. Well, it'll be a real problem if they win this game then have to play Tennessee. Like, Obviously, you want to play the lower seed, but like Cincinnati's a much better matchup for yes. what the Bills do than what Tennessee does. I totally agree. And some of those things that we saw happen in the Colts game uh, could happen in the Tennessee game. Uh, you're right. And listen, it's rude for us to be going there. I'm not, I'm not putting the bills past the chiefs. The chiefs are still the preeminent team in my, in the conference, despite not owning the one seed, they are the team to beat the team that wins. This game is going to be the favorite probably in the AFC championship game. You just worry if now we're at ceiling bills and we're paying for ceiling bills uh, prices. I, don't, I, I guess you're going to need a ceiling effort to beat the Chiefs anyway. I don't think that we are at ceiling bills here because I think if you ran every metric on this game, it should probably be a pick -em. I don't know. Chiefs have the better coach, better quarterback, and a place where home field matters. And I'm laying less than three points with Mahomes here. Uh, yeah, this is silly. Uh, the, this is a classic. Everybody loves Buffalo spot, but the value is so on Kansas city. It, it's crazy. You couldn't find more value on a team this week than you can on the Kansas city chiefs only laying two points. The chiefs have more exciting receivers, more exciting. Do, oh, no, they, they, no, they don't. No, they do not have more exciting receivers. That is not true. I'll take Tyreek Hill. I, I will Kelsey. take. I will take. Well, Travis, Travis Kelsey is a tight end for one thing. I'd rather have Diggs than have Hill. I really would. He's a better receiver. I, well, I would not. I would not. I would. I mean, in terms of just talent, nope, no way. Obviously, Mahomes is better. Obviously, Reed's better. This is a, a stadium that, where home field matters and is incredibly loud. Uh, the last time that the Buffalo Bills walked into this stadium in the playoffs, they weren't fit. Uh, the Bills, this Bills team, which has won playoff games in the past, all their playoff wins have been at Orchard Park. They have not gone on the road to win a playoff game 
in this iteration, whether that be at Jacksonville, whether that be at Houston or Kansas City. Well, you, Come can't, on. You, can't, you can't really this say this. iteration and is one and, and a half years, years old. And you can't say the Jacksonville. And you can't say the Jacksonville game when Tyrod was playing quarterback. They had a choice between Ty, they had the choice between Tyrod and Nathan Peterman in the first and round. Now you're going to say you should they should be laying fewer than three points into the Chiefs in this game. I, that's it's an unserious line and an unserious circumstance. Go ahead. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think Tim is wrong that there this line could represent some value. Even I'm trying to, I was talking with Pozzola last night. He brought up the point when you were in town, Pat, we hung out that day. The bills were four point underdogs versus Tampa. Yeah. In Tampa. And now they're three point underdogs versus the chiefs. Two point underdogs against the chiefs. I see it. And, and something else I brought up and, and I wouldn't make this comment if I didn't think Dan Patrick like was very hyper aware of football. Like he's not just a guy saying things. He had like Breer Rappaport on yesterday. And his question, and I listened to the interview was who do you got in the AFC? The bills or the field. And, and, and well, like that's just indicative. I think of the overall mindset now yeah. of yeah. the public. And that I think is way too far, way it, too far. It, as much as I want the Bills and like bills, the Bills in this game. The, the Bills are clearly the third best team left in the AFC. It's so oh. disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful. Uh, I, I don't understand it. Like the Titans already beat them this year. They're a better team. And the Chiefs, while the Bills have beaten them this year, the Bill, the Chiefs are clearly better. And look, Andy Reid is so smart. Andy Reid is going to completely learn from the mistakes from a couple of, uh, from earlier in the season, is going to di- diagram a fantastic game plan and Buffalo is not going to be able to adjust. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just can't. I, I like the Chiefs a lot here. Obviously, the Bills can win. It's the NFL. The Bills have every opportunity to win. I think the line is wrong. I really like the Chiefs here. If I'm going out, I'm going out on my shield with Patrick Mahomes rather than uh, Josh Allen. Sorry. That's just the way I feel about it. And uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. You're very confident in this game. How much would you like to bet on this game? Before we get into that, there's also two parts of the teaser in this game. We're teasing the Chiefs through zero. And we are teasing this game under 60 and a half. So we're teasing the over under 60 points. I think it's going to be a super high scoring game. I think it's going to be like 31 to like, it's very similar to last year's game where it's, uh, it's lopsided, but it doesn't go over the number. Okay. Okay. Um, how much would you like to bet on the Kansas city Chiefs versus the Buffalo bills this week? I don't know. We can talk about it offline. Make it, I want it to be say you're very confident in this game. I want it to be an uncomfortable amount of money for you. Well, I say I won't do that. <laughs> I don't think I don't believe that a person needs to put uncomfortable. Well, why are you being such a coward? But again, I don't. Oh, think you're, you're so you're so convinced. You just talked a real big game about how this this is value. This yeah, is off. Again, I'm going to die on my shield with Patrick not, Mahomes. Come on. Not everybody treats their the, the way they look at the world is like well, but if you're not going to be willing to wager an uncomfortable amount, you don't really believe that. that well, you, that, but that, it's, it's, well, it seems like you can just say whatever you want. You have no repercussion for it. Give me something where you will feel bad about losing. I'll feel awful if I come on this show next week and the Bills have won the game. Well, how so, about, how about this? How about if I win on Twitter, you change your name from Tim Anderson to Tim Eth. I don't even know what that means. There you go. Vote for Tim. I'll suspend the campaign for a week. 
Yeah, no, no, no one cares. Well, I mean, that's probably to your benefit. Oh, what do you mean? You'll save money. You'll save money by not paying your bot farms for a week because they've oh. already overexerted themselves. Is that what you're suggesting? Listen to the defensiveness in that voice. That is a man who knows his campaign is going down the drain. And uh, what, what, what if I told you that Jeff was winning this vote 95 to 5%? Like you have 95%, he has 5%. I would say that uh, there's a lot of votes still to come in and we're going to keep fighting for every vote and uh, may, the, may the most insane person win. I don't, you don't think anything you do is insane? I didn't say that, but I said I'd wager like 200 bucks on the no, game. But... How about 2,000? No, I won't do that. Come on. Okay, I won't do that. Though. Come on. I don't even. I look. I even feel more comfortable about Tennessee <laughs> than with the Chiefs. But I'll lay two, I'll lay two hundred dollars into you with the Chiefs, and I'll give you the two. So you guys right. should bet both games. I feel much better sure. about Buffalo here, but I'll take your plus two, plus two, two hundred bucks. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Deal. But you don't want to do two thousand. No, I don't. Nah, that's no, too don't. bad. See, that's an uncomfortable amount of money. Tim, too rich, shits out two hundred bucks. Not a big deal to him. Anyway. It's a lot of appetizers, Tim. It is. I, 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 I'll be curious to listen to the. You know, here we'll do, we'll do some SEO. I'll be curious to listen to the Best Bet Show and see what Cam and, and oh, you uh, know Cam is on the Bills, please. Well, but I'm you know, you know he's on the Bills. Cam is on the Bills. He is on the Bills. Pozzolo be on the Chiefs. Yeah, hundred like percent. got to be the, the Chiefs. Have to be the sharp side. Oh, of course. Well, Pozzola will take them, and then he'll see his record be the inverse of Cam's. Wow. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the Chiefs have got to be the right side. No, Cam is on it. Cam, we're all in on the wagon. Bills for blessing. Like, no, there's no way Cam's against the Bills. Okay, there's well, no I understand way. that emotional level. I get that. Well, how do you I'm think saying... the Cam bets, Tim? <laughs> Cam understands numbers. Cam can cap a game as good as anybody. He understands what's going on here. Yeah, he caps it on emotion, and he's pretty good at it. I think Cam is excellent at what he does. Excellent at it. But I don't think he's just pure emotion either. I think he understands the numbers and looks at trends. Yeah, I don't he, think he, it's Cam's emotion. And then. Yeah, no, Cam. You're, you're getting you're getting dog dog money, Jeff. So some pooches in. Yeah, no, it's Cam's emotion. Parlayed with like Cam also. He's not an idiot. Like he interacts with a lot of intelligent yes, exactly. people that he respects. So he uses his emotion and he bounces it off of those database conversations. He's on air like 14 hours a day. I'll be Love interested to hear their breakdown of this game. Because like I said, I think the Chiefs have got to be the right side. And like, there's a number where the Bills would make sense. Like this game to me should be minus four and a half for the Chiefs. And then you, the, the Bills are a perfectly reasonable pick there. But this spread is just far too respectful. We've seen this in the playoffs so many times throughout our lives, right? We're a team in the first week looks like a world beater and gets way too much respect coming into week two and then get flattened. I feel like that's I the remember, Rams. That's the Rams. That could be. I mean, I remember a few years ago, the Jets beat the Colts 41 to nothing in the first round of the playoffs. And people thought this Jets team was, was remar- you know, the, the best team in the AFC. They went to Oakland the next week. They were, they were you know, very popular and trendy pick and they got crushed yeah. by Rich Cannon and the Raiders. So like you, that, that happens. What was that, you like, have got years to ago? be, <laughs> I don't know when that was, but it, like it was the last time we won the division. So maybe it was 2002, I guess, whatever. <laughs> yeah. To follow up on something that Tim said is it was a pretty shitty wild card weekend. 
but the ratings are obviously through the roof. And now you have four NFL games that are capped as perfect as anything is capped for the rest of the year. Um, all the faves, the faves went five and one on the cover. And the only one they didn't, they lost outright by much by, by most of the conversations. I think Vegas had a real bad weekend. So people, yeah, I, like I don't disagree. Better be careful betting uh, some of these games this week. Cause you loved what you saw on TV a couple days ago. I feel like it's just watching, listen, Kansas City can most definitely win this game, obviously. It's a two-point spread. But I just feel like all season long, Kansas City has been, for the way that they've played, that they've been massively overvalued. And this line, I do think, represents something that's massively, and maybe they flicked the switch, and they're the Chiefs that we theorize in our head, and they hit every single cylinder, and they're amazing. But have we seen that yet? Like, they beat the shit out of Pittsburgh twice. Great. And, like, they were struggling in the first half against Pittsburgh. Yeah, versus Pittsburgh and the Raiders is when we have seen it. Yeah. Right? Against everyone else, it's been... Yeah, no, and a defensive-minded coach in McDermott, he's not going to make... All true, but everyone knows the Chiefs can throw it into a gear that absolutely... Without a doubt. And I don't think they're getting... No matter how well they play. No matter how well the other team plays, the Chiefs have a team. In some ways, I don't think on on Monday, or I should say Sunday afternoon or Monday morning, whatever you want to call the conversation, I don't think they've gotten enough credit for how... Like, they pretty much didn't play till like four minutes left in the first half and then nearly put up the 50. Burger. Yeah, but that's going to yep. be, that's going to be a problem against Buffalo. You can do that against Pittsburgh who can't move the well, ball. They literally did that last year in the championship. Yeah, game. but this so is, these are two completely different teams, by the way, more similar than they're dissimilar to be perfectly honest. I, I would say that Buffalo's well, yeah, defense the same is coaching sig- quarterback. Sig- the Buffalo's defense is significantly improved from a year ago. It's a better defense, but still not equipped to stop what the chiefs have. To no, do. they're much, but listen, from the healthier to the and not healthier, the Bills are much Jarek better. I said Jarek McKinnon would be great on Sunday night. Yeah, you mean you mean you mean after he scored a touchdown? No, you said that he was no, 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 no. After no, he scored no, a touchdown, no. Jarek is going to no. be great. And then your 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 method of determining that you are you're taking a victory lap because he didn't fucking blow out his knee and wasn't out for the year like every time you've I, ever mentioned Jarek McKinnon before. I have always been a big uh, stan, as they say, of Jarek McKinnon. And so I just want my credit for him having played really well. I want. Where were you before the game? Watching the other games and watching. Oh, but you you couldn't be like, oh, you know what? I really like Jarek McKinnon in this game. You had all week to do it. But no, I have to wait for him to score a touchdown first. See, I knew because I'm saying it now. I think I tweeted it before he scored the touchdown. No, you don't really seem to remember anything. So that's tough. I'm pretty sure I tweeted it Wallace. And you it was- people can trust this guy with your vote? Yeah. He seems very untrustworthy. Tim just wants any Super Bowl that isn't Packers versus Bills, I feel. Yeah, that would be a very unpleasant Super Bowl. I would not enjoy that. I'd love it. I'd Packers love it. Bills? Oh, awful. yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, my dream Super Bowl got ruined last week because I really wanted to see Niners against Pittsburgh or the Raiders. That was my <laughs> optimal outcome for the Super Bowl. <laughs> But now we can't have that, so it's back to the drawing board. Anyway, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. There's no more Tuesday night newsletters to get the show early. That was only during the regular season. The newsletter is now out on Wednesday afternoon, so you can just catch this on your pod feed, rate and review. Apple, Spotify, I want to thank Jeff, I want to thank Paul, who's not winning Most Insane Person, because he's probably going to lose to Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust.
that's not my name. But I do encourage everybody to, you know, vote heartily for Jeff. Uh, he, he earned your vote this year. So it's it's, 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 it's 48-47 right now, just looking at us. Yeah, gonna... No, I, I don't doubt that it's a close vote. And it's going to be a very, very, it's going to be such a close run thing. And remember, folks, he is so dismissive of you. He doesn't think it's worth his time to campaign for your vote. It's not important enough to him. He should have. I don't need a campaign. You do something every week. You're triggered by appetizers. (laughs) You wear a medal around town. Lend me your vote. Send that type of arrogance a message and vote Jeff most insane. Well, send that type of behavior who doesn't think anything he does is anything but normal and righteous. Well, well, if I thought what I was doing wasn't righteous, I wouldn't do it. Well, Jeff, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've heard some rumors that there might be some celebrities coming out of the woodwork to endorse Tim in this election. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that. <laughs> Don't worry, there could be <laughs> an October surprise. What you're saying There's going to be some late hits. People have asked me when the voting closes, and I actually don't have an answer. I actually that. have no idea either. It's Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I thought we should have a, a, a pre-arranged date that the vote. Exhausts. Well, we, we might. Maybe that's something that I can do for the week in between the Super Bowl, uh, like the the off week, because you know I, I'll need some content towards the end of the week. I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking about getting a panel together of custologists for the custies and going through each of the uh, each of the ballots for those shows. Well, the way like, they do for March Madness, where they do bracketology, uh, that, that'd be good. Yeah, like uh, Kenny Kim. No, is the big, same way like Kenny people wants to would do preview. This. Kenny wants to do a category this. at an award show. Yeah. Like, yeah, like no. we'll, we'll have the panel and then obviously you guys can't be on it because you're going to be a part of the custies when we go over everything, but just to see where the ballots going. Cause I've submitted my ballot. That's a great idea. And I'm glad to hear the vote is close. And uh, I'm excited to hear that celebrities are going to come in on Jeff's side and try to provide a late hit, but there you go. People oh. don't let those big oh, no, no, celebrities, no, 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 no. The celebrities are coming in on your side, Tim. They're for you. They've heard oh, I'm about sorry. your, I misunderstood. They that. have heard about your, bot farming they have heard about you having people try to vote 500 times and having administrators have to do manual corrections because of your bot farm attacks on our democratic process and they've heard and they're 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 very smitten so i've heard about what you're up to tim (laughs) well all i can say is uh vote jeff vote jeff vote jeff and enjoy Divisional Weekend, everybody. All right, that will do it on the show. Smash the like, sub to the channel, do all that fun stuff, rate and review. Help us out as much as you can. That will do it for me. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you next time. Who are these celebrities? Oh, well, I guess you'll have to wait and see. You'll be, you'll be very pleased. They're like-minded folk. Oh, no. I feel like I'm not going to like this. So whatever you're planning, you should scrap. No, they're celebrities. The thing is, it might cost me the win or it might cost me this thing, but I'm still for it. I'm (laughs) for it, too. Like, I mean, you could you could have people that endorse Jeff for most insane who may have gotten to make a Tennessee Titans draft pick before. Oh, my goodness. You're asking me to accept his endorsement. Really? <laughs> You're well, asking I me mean, to accept it? You I know mean, what? I mean, if there's a video, will, if, there's a vi- if there's a video that comes out and uh, one Mr. The Pug is on Team Tim, what's going to happen then? Uh, 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 
I will extend my hand and shake his paw in friendship. Titan super fan. Because the name of the game here is to win, is to make sure that Jeff gets voted most insane. I'm so delighted to hear the campaign has been this efficacious and uh, it makes my heart sing. Experience! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.